season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, football faithful, and welcome back to another episode of the Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you do listen to your podcast. It would also be greatly appreciated. So I did when me and Thomas planned to do this episode. I uh, it was last week. I didn't realize that we were recording an hour before the trade deadline. So things kind of got crazy. But I got to introduce the man, the legend, my friend Thomas Peterson. How we doing? We're doing great. It's been a while since we talked last time. I know it's been like almost two and a half, three weeks. I'm uh, yeah. I missed your Eagles takes. How was your snowboarding trip? You went My snowboarding. snowboarding trip was awesome. It was phenomenal. We had like we had to have a negative COVID test before we could enter Italy. And I swear to God, that week leading up to that test was the most anxiety I've had for <laughs> a trip. Like you know, you know what they say in 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 science, as the science behind traveling, they say like 70% of the joy of going on vacation is the preparation and is the in, like the like you're you're looking forward to going. I did not look forward to anything that week <laughs> because I just knew, you know. Okay, so you just slipped Italy in there. You went to Italy for snowboarding? We went to Italy. Yeah. Oh my god. Look at you. It was, it was perfect. the damn dream. It was like I was on my board Maybe half the time, the other half, I was sipping cappuccinos, and I was just gesturing for for skiers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You snowboarded in Italy. You're living the damn dream. While I'm stuck in cold Toronto, slushy Ontario, um, it's actually getting warmer here, though. The weather is starting to get a little warmer. Hopefully, hopefully, winter is on the downturn. But anything else new in your life besides you uh, flexing your snowboarding trip in Italy? <laughs> Uh, missing Eagles football already, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it's been a few weeks, and it's, it's it sucks. Uh, thankfully, we have the Bengals to root for. No, we're going to talk about that. Uh, I, I might be on the – I'm going to root for the Bengals, I think, but I'll, we'll save it for the end. I don't know if I'm there taking them, but I am going to root for them. But they are oh, in your heart. They are in my heart. Like, I oh, actually yeah. wrote that on the National Football Post. In my article, I said, my heart says Bengals, my brain says Rams. But when I'm trying mm. to make money – I gotta, I gotta, gotta tap in that brain, not the, not the heart. Okay, why are we talking about James Harden being a 76er? This is wild. Um, so just full disclosure, I'm not a 76ers fan. I am a Toronto Raptors fan, of course. I don't know if everyone knows that, but there it is. I am so I don't, I don't have a lot of basket. I don't have a lot of 76ers knowledge. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not the guy you're looking for for 76ers analysis. But you, my friend, you don't have are, to be knowledgeable to know that James Harden to go into Philly and being paired with Joel Embiid is pretty fun to watch. It's going to be yes. fun to watch. Uh, that's what I said. I think they instantly become the best uh, best team in the Eastern Conference. I got some heat, some clap back to that. But look, like I, I would take them over the Nets. I would take them over the Bucks right now. I think Embiid and Harden is a wicked duo. From it a four for four yeah. Philly sports guy, what do you think about this trade? Give me your uh, give me your takes here. I just I just look forward to watching 
Joel play with someone you look at and say, oh, that guy is a superstar. Like, j- just having him paired with someone, and it's a, it's a solid, like, it's a solid team behind him as well. Like, you look at, you know, a guy like, uh, like Matisse, I really like, because he's he's a young guy who really prides himself on on defensive play, where it's just not very often you see that. And Maxi is stepping up. And I just, like, I just see Harden coming in here elevating, you know, the overall performance of the team. And, and being paired with Embiid is, yeah, is, is definitely going to do that, I think so. At, yeah, at least I, it's going to be more fun to watch. I think it's a perfect fit. Like, I don't get why. And I don't, I think they gave up a little too much. Like, I, I'm, I, I'm sure they probably wanted to keep Seth Curry, because when yeah. you have Harden around, yeah, you need more so shooting. You're going to need – he throws a ball out a lot, right, when he attacks inside. So I'm assuming the Seth Curry one. And I, I saw a lot of Drummond love. Andre Drummond people didn't want him to go. But I think I think keeping Thibault and Maxi is, is better, right? Like, I think yeah, they, I, uh, I, I think it's better. I think that was that was the 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 main priority uh, for, for the 76ers. But, I mean, it, it losing Seth – you know, kind of sucks, but really, the only guy who's going to be shooting threes for the 76 now is going to be James Harden. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. And I'm assuming they'll probably try to do, uh, slip in the buyout market and stuff like that. I don't, I don't think they're done, right? Like, they just gave up a lot of players. I right can't imagine that. they're done. We'll yeah, see what it looks they're, like. They're going to make some moves for sure. And then, like, yeah, the NBA trade deadline. Like, I was talking to my boys group. I love the NBA trade deadline. I love deadline days in general. The NFL deadline is always the worst one because it's too early in the season. I've always said the NFL needs to push back to trade deadline. So more teams are out of it by then, and then you'll get more trades. I hate how it's only at week eight. It drives me nuts. But trade deadline days are always exciting. Okay, why don't we move on to some Eagles stuff? And I want to start with Jonathan Gannon not going anywhere. So he is back as an Eagles defensive coordinator. There was rumors yeah. that he was going to be getting the Houston Texans job and then Lovey Smith. Yeah. And then I'm going with Lovey Smith, which that's a whole different conversation. What the hell the Texans are doing in that uh in that building. What that um, whole that whole coaching search has just been bonkers. It's just yeah. been bizarre. Like, how do you fire David Cully and then land on Lovey Smith, who is already in the building? Like, like, and, and that, and that's the thing. That's where it starts. Like firing Cully, who you know, he's basically just it was so clear as day that he was a scapegoat for that front yeah. uh, front office because he did he did a heck of a job with what he was given, and he gets fired. And that th- those two, like Brian Flores getting fired and David Cully getting fired, those two were head scratchers to me. I yeah. I did not see those coming. I, I, I mean, David, I, I guess I, I kind of saw Cully. Texans firing him because yeah. you could you could tell from Osway it was just it wasn't wasn't fair. I'll put it like that. So I will. I'll be honest. I'm a little disappointed that he didn't get the Texans job. <laughs> I mean, are you, are you are you in the same boat? I think um, when we when we got the news that he was getting interviewed for a head coaching job, I think the majority of the fan base who watched this team this year was going, "What the hell?" Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, it, it's what funny because a- Thomas Tom Pelissero actually said, I think it was Tom Pelissero and Peter Schrager did like an article on NFL Network. I think it was around week 13, week 14, just talking about the, the candidates that they're hearing are going to get jo- uh, job interviews. And Jonathan yeah. Gannon was at the top of the list. So it's funny. I think the NFL base, like people in NFL buildings, feel a lot different about Jonathan Gannon than the fans do. Yeah, and, and and of course, because there's so much more to being a head coach than being a coordinator. Like You don't have to be a good uh, strategic guy or like on field uh, strategist to be a good head coach. I mean, that's what you, you you can delegate that for your coordinators. So, like, if you're charismatic, if you can build a team, if you can get the trust of the players, and you can, you know, you can surround yourself with a good crew, with a good uh, 
good crew and coaching crew, I mean, yeah, then you can have success. And we, we, I guess it's still a bit up in the air. We'll see what Jacksonville, but you know, Duck Peterson was a prime example of that. He surrounded himself with a very good offensive coordinator who who understood the offense, and they went to the Super Bowl. And then, you know, things fell apart after the the, the coordinators left. But Doug was Doug mm-hmm. is and was still he was a charismatic guy. He was easy to like, and the players yeah. liked him. Um, so, I, I guess in, in in that sort of way, you can argue that Jonathan Gannon would or is um, a good head coaching candidate moving forward and after next season but he's gonna get a job next year unless he's gonna get a job he's part yeah i mean if if the defense does just average i think he's going to be in the conversation like they were 25th eagles are 25th in defensive dvoa this year and john i mean they suck brandon yeah (laughs) so that case so i want to i have an early 2022 defense take for you um, okay. There's a lot, lot, lot to be, lot to come, and I mean, we're going to talk about some free okay. agents and draft picks. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think there's a lot more like moves to come. We don't know how the defense is going to look, right? We, sure. We so there's going to be different, different bodies, right? Mm-hmm. But I am worried that they not wasted a good defensive year and healthy year, but I don't think you're going to get a replicate of Darius Slay playing like he did this year. I don't think you're going to get the start like Donovan Hargrave had, Javon Hargrave sorry had this year. I think the Eagles waste. I think they underachieved their talent in this year and translating that into next year. Like, are we hundred percent sure that they're going to be more talented on defense than they were last year? Like there's, there's a, there's a possibility. I mean, there's a pretty good chance. Oh yeah. I think there's free agents and draft picks, but you're losing Anthony Harris. Okay. He was okay. Um, you're going to lose Rodney McLeod. Um, yeah. Steven Nelson played pretty. He played okay as a, as a corner. Like you're replacing sure. three starters in the secondary. The odds right. are the odds that all three of those starters hit. Is pretty low, so I just I, I feel like the defense was 25th this year. Like all eyes are on Gannon next year. Like all eyes are on this defense going into in 2022. They need to drastically improve, and I think there's there, there's definitely a, a, a pathway for that. Like there's a there's draft picks, free agency, and whatnot. It's just like Darius Slay's not going to play. Like he could he could be better. Like don't get me wrong, but odds are he's probably plays maybe just as good or a little or he steps down a little bit. But I just. I feel like they wasted some good talent this year on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. I mean, that's that, that's fair. Um, I think also one of the fair um, things to say, like, sort of to back up Jonathan Gannon and sort of um, in his favor is that, you know, he got, the co- he got the coaching job without much being added to the defense in terms of high-level talent. Yeah. I mean, Hargrave was here already. Slay was here already. But it's not like they had a, a – a bunch of young guys who are just, you know, really stepping up. I mean, Josh Sweat took strides forward. He played up to his contract. Avante Maddox took a step forward, played up to his contract. But it's not like losing the the free agents that are here right now that are, the team is set to lose, like you said, Rod McLeod, Harris, uh, Derek Barnett. It's not like those guys are irreplaceable stars. No, on or like, and and you're heading into you're heading into an offseason now where you can say, all right, Gannon, you ha- like. What do you need on the defense? Like, what do you need for your system to work? You know what I mean? Uh, but do you really want to like, do that? Because he's no, going to leave no, no, anyways, no, no, right? Not, he's going to take off probably in 2023. So I feel like exactly. getting Gannon guys, whatever the hell that even means, then like you're like, I no, like, no, I agree with I'm not like, it's not a, it's not a back shot to you. My point is like, what is a Jonathan Gannon guy? Like, what is he looking for? Like, I don't know what, and, and I, don't, I, think, I don't know I think what that means. I think it's a, it's a general. You know, it's just a general. It doesn't matter. If it, let's, let's say Jonathan Gannon got the, the got the head coaching job with the Texans. Uh, with the Texans, you bring in Wink, uh, Wink Martindale, or you bring in uh, 
Uh, I wanted Vic Fangio so bad. Vic Fangio, like you're you're still heading into an offseason where you can actually spend. Eagles couldn't spend last offseason. They didn't no. have a ton of high draft picks. Like they're probably going to move around a little bit with their with their uh, three first round picks. But you're going to have first round picks that you're probably going to spend on defense for once. And you're even have like you have a high second. You're going to have like th- there's so much capital that can be spent on defensive talent, high level talent that could potentially turn into blue chip players. And suddenly it's a very different situation. Um, I mean, they can still sign Steven Nelson. We're getting into some of the free agents. Steven Nelson is nah. not really going to be, uh, I, I don't think he's going to be highly sought after in the free agency market this year either. But he uh, played pretty well. Like he wasn't like he was he a fine pretty well. second corner, right? Like he, he was he was okay. Like, he, was okay he was average. But that, but that was the same story coming into free agency last season. I mean, he was okay. He wasn't top of the line. He wasn't someone who's you know he came to Philadelphia to prove himself. Did he? I mean, he played okay. You I said. think he. I think he outplayed his contract. If that if that's something like he what they gave him like what two and a half. I think it was like two and a half two point seven million something like that. So like I think he oh yeah okay outplayed, okay I think he if we're talking two point seven. I mean they're probably yeah. gonna off the price if if they want to keep him. But but you know, would they? Would they keep him? I, I mean, no, I, I hope they don't. Like, I hope they no, don't. I mean, like me neither. Like, yeah. any of these guys are leaving. It's not like I'm saying, oh, I, they should keep this guy. So, I mean, is that really a testament to how good they were last season? I, it's more of, I think, like, I don't see Darius Slay being as good. I don't think, like, Javon Hargrave could be as good. I just, maybe I, he had a wicked start. I don't know if he gets off to a hot start like that again. Like, I, I just, I, I 25th DPOA just line, sucks. Like, a... like, I just feel like they, they left a lot on the table. Like, yeah. And, and even the, going back to the Bucks game, like, they couldn't, like, the, the Bucks just drove right down the damn field, like, three straight times. Like, it's, I don't know. I, I hate, I'm going back to this. I think that both of us I hate agree the way that... they play defense. I hate Jonathan yeah. Kent's scheme. I hate it. Like, I, I'm sorry. I, I can't stand it. I like, I like making a quarterback make a decision. I like getting in a quarterback's face and making him make the first move. That was Jim Schwartz's. That was Jim Johnson's kind of style. Like, let him, let the quarterback make an instant decision and then go from there. It's the, right. if they're playing the opposite. It was very like, simple. Like, it was yes. extremely simple. They didn't disguise anything. So, I don't know. It was, I, uh, yeah. So, I think both both of us were rooting for someone else to get in here, especially yeah. when you're in an offseason coaching class that includes Fangio, Flores, Simmer. I mean, Wink Martindale. Come on. I'm I'm pissed off at John Scott Martindale. That guy scares me. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It's the Giants, man. It's that's true. <laughs> okay. Why don't we uh why don't we hold Dougie conversation till and we'll just transition now into free agency and draft because we're kind of already on that topic. So uh, free agency's first. It's March 16th. We we barely get a break. Like I was thinking about that today. We have like, like we're like the Super Bowl ends and we got a month until free agency. I love it. So there's not much gap between there. So you can kind of start already looking at what the Eagles could do or, or what players they could add. So can I throw a uh, a dream scenario away? You can either accept it and love the scenario I'm throwing to you, mm-hmm. or you can spit my face and throw it back, okay? It's up okay. to you. There are two guys I got my eye on in free agency, okay? Okay. First, Marcus Williams. I tweeted him out last night. I think he should be their number one priority. That I, I think you go balls to the wall, go get him. Now, look, I was looking at the safety contracts last night, and I have them up in front of me as well. They're going to have to pay the guy. He's going to get a lot of money. Oh, he's going to get a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So Jamal Adams is the highest paid safety in in, uh, in, in the league right now. He's getting Jesus, $17.5 million the Seahawks are paying him. So I don't know if he's going to command that much. But just Harrison Smith is at 16. His second highest paid Justin Simmons is at 15.25. 
I think he's going to ask for Justin Simmons' money. So I think $15.5 million is probably the ballpark. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think he's going to want to be the highest paid just with you the do? cap going up. Yeah. Okay. I think he's going to get around 16. Okay. So fi- I'm, I wouldn't go over 18. I think 18 million is kind of like, whoa, we're getting to weird territory okay, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. that's, so I, I think I would give him $16 million a year. I would give yeah. him a three, four year contract over $16 million or $16 million. Sign me up. What do you think about that? I think the safety, the safety free agency class is going to be interesting to watch because you're going to have those top five guys, right? Marcus Williams, Bates, Matthew May, and Quandre. So Quandre digs. So that's a guy that intrigues me, but he's coming off a broken foot and he's thirty. Yeah, and, and you know May what I mean? Like coming off a uh, torn uh, Achilles, right? Yeah, so he's probably going to get a one year. So then it's going to be Bates. Uh, Bates is going to get tagged. Like the their Bengals aren't. Like yeah, he's probably going to get tagged. No way. So it's going to be Matthew and Williams, and let's see if they don't retain Matthews. Uh, I think me, Matthews probably goes back to Kansas City, right? He's a leader on that team. He, they love him. It there. would be weird if they let him walk. Yeah. So, so, so I, I agree with you that that Marcus Williams is going to be is should be a priority. Um, I think he's the number one priority. I think yeah, that's the guy. And and I think if if he's not gonna if he's not gonna be the guy, I was looking at a guy like Jordan Whitehead. I think he played extremely yeah, that's well. Yeah, another guy. Yeah. Uh, when the Eagles played them, I, I mean, to be honest, it wasn't a guy that I really watched too much. But then naturally, when the Eagles play him, you're just going to look at it more. And I thought he, I mean, he he's a physical dude. I mean, he, and mm-hmm. he he played, uh, he's played through injuries and he's just kept playing well. And I mean, that that's a guy who's going to be in the in a much lower ballpark. Uh, than 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 Marcus uh, oh yeah than Marcus Williams but then again like it's not often that you have a 25 year old safety like Marcus Williams who's that good who's going to hit the open market and, and it, it, it's primarily going to be because Saints are are like they're fucked with their caps <laughs> they're 76 yeah. million over the cap uh, and they already tagged gonna, them too you can't tag them again they, they can't afford that they can't afford that and yeah. I mean it, the only reasonable way the Saints can work their way out of the cap hell now if it, if it is not letting go of a shit ton of players it is it is extending everyone and then mm-hmm. you have a ton of problems in two years three years four years so i think there's a good chance that marcus williams hit the open market and eagles should absolutely be in i i am i'm not a huge fan of paying a guys a ton of money for agency it's never been kind of my mo i, I just i think for this certain player, unless yes this certain player in this certain circumstance the eagles desperately need safety help like it's no it's no right. secret they haven't I mean, they, had, like Malcolm the Jenkins is, left them when he left. They like he left a big hole there. Exactly, he did. And the key is like, like you want to spend when it's, you want to spend top money when it's the top guy. This mm-hmm. is one of the best dudes at his position, and oh. he's young. He's twenty five. Exactly, and consistently good. He was good two years ago. He was good last year. Like he three he's, years he's, ago, he was. For, yeah, he's, he's been good all, ever since rookie year. Yeah, and it's funny. He was the he was the the guy that whipped on yeah. uh, Stephon Diggs. <laughs> It was funny. I had, I tweeted about Marcus Williams. Some guy comments my tweet and goes, "If you really want the miracle at the metal, or you really want the what's it called? What, what do they call that miracle? What's their um, what's the uh, play uh, called? Minneapolis miracle. Minneapolis like miracle. You really want the Minneapolis miracle guy? I was like, yeah, because you know, one play should define a new player's entire career. Like that's how that's how it works. Like, yeah, I I, I think this is the guy. Like, I think they need they desperately need safety help. They desperately need a leader on that defense. A young. They need to infuse this team with young talent, young defensive talent. This guy's 25. It's going to be expensive. The Eagles have the cap space. That's something I probably should have said at the beginning. So is my math correct? The research I did, they're going to have about 43 million. Am I am I in the ballpark? No, I think you're way over. Way over? Because yeah, after I the Brandon Brooks extension, I thought it was about $43 million. I thought it was in the ballpark of 30. 
30? Okay. Yeah, they still have room to maneuver, but I think they're around over the cap, having them right now at 25 points. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't think they have the Brandon Brooks thing up. That's what I was yeah, doing the math off. They do? Okay. I was doing it on the fact that they didn't have the Brandon Brooks uh, money let go yet. So I was adding that to it. <clears throat> they're going to get about $1 million more when the Brooks, uh, when Brooks, it becomes officially official. Like the, when they okay. when it actually goes on the uh, uh, on the retirement list, they're gonna save one million more. Are there any? I'm no cap. I'm not a cap expert. Like I haven't dove too much into the Eagles cap yet. Um, I just I was just doing some math to see how much space they have. I didn't. I haven't looked through any players. Are there any like extensions or guys? They can, can extend Darius Slay. They can extend Darius Slay and save around twelve point five. Um, okay. I don't know how long his contract is. Isn't it like a year more? He, He's twenty twenty three. He's locked yeah, up in twenty twenty three. So if they extend year. him through twenty twenty four, um, with guarantees, they Would can you do that. Save around twelve point five. Yeah, I think he's. I mean, he, he's a probable guy. You don't have anyone right now that you're gonna say we're gonna pluck this guy in there. Like right now, they're they're trying to find someone opposite of Slade to begin with. Yeah. So like when you're looking at at the draft this year and the company, you're like, do you think you have two guys to replace Darius Slade and fill the other slot in the next two years? Highly doubt it. I mean, if they hit on someone this year, they're probably going to take a cornerback this year. That guy needs to hit, and then you have one. So, I mean, I think I'd do it simply because he's at, he's playing at a pro, uh, a pro ball level. I mean, you and I both talked about he should have all pro considerations at least. Yeah. Um. So, with that in mind, I mean, it's not like he's old, old. So, I think I would, I would probably, I would consider it. He's one of the guys that I would consider either restructuring or extending because. They're going to have a lot of money when the Carson Wentz money goes off the road. So how much – so my math is completely off, okay? So not $43 million. I was going based off of that. So how much money are they realistically going to have at the start of free agency? Like I think ESPN did an article as well that said they were going to have $41 million or something like that. Okay. I mean that's yeah. – I mean they can easily maneuver around. Like mm-hmm. you know, like we said, like extend Darius Lay, you have like 35 so around that area. Uh, okay, so Marcus Williams is the is the guy I would go after. It's I think that's the dude. I think I think, and I actually do believe Howie Rosen is going to do something. He's going to look peek into him. My God, this seems like a Howie Roseman guy, a young safety coming from the Saints. I don't know if that's a big deal, but remember Malcolm Jenkins' contract. And you know, I was it was thinking back to that year because Jarius Bird was the top safety in that free agency class. I don't know if you remember that, and he ended up being a complete bust. And the Eagles kind of got the steal with Malcolm Jenkins, right? Yeah. So. And you went to the, I think the, the the Saints replaced Jenkins with Jarius Bird, I believe. So yeah. and then he ended up flopping out in New Orleans. So it's funny, but okay. But so yeah, that's... I mean, when we're going through these free agents, like and the cap and how much cap they have, just remember, like next year when they're off the cars, when steal and all that debt money from 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 that whole shit show is gone, they're gonna have a lot more cap space to work yeah. with, and so they can backload contracts. That is something Howard Roseman has done a lot of. So they don't have the to weasel, pay a guy like Marcus Williams. Yeah. Well, no, so, yeah, yeah. So you don't have to pay Marcus Williams all the, let's say, $16 million per year is what it's going to be. Like you can pay him 10 now, and then you'll pay him 22 next year, and then you'll, you know, you'll, you'll flip it around for, for the, throughout the next year. It's like players don't have anything against that because they're going to be guaranteed the money regardless. Um, it's just going to be debt money if they get released. Okay, so that's the guy I attack. Um, I haven't done a lot of freelance research just just for this full disclaimer. Like I've only looked at a couple of guys. I do. Want, I haven't looked at the pass rush free agency. I do think they should have a pass rusher as well, but I haven't dove into those guys yet. It's, you, it's not you, really that impressive at the edge no? position. Okay. No, not not really. I mean, you're looking you're looking at a bunch of uh, of older guys. Like 
the top from PFF's list is going to be Chandler Jones, Von Miller, Jadamon Clowney, Randy Gregory, Melvin no, Ingram, Hassan Randy Randy Gregory would be interesting, but I don't think he would come here. I mean, I, I don't know if he'd come here. He's also kind of a douchebag, but he's a real good player. <laughs> he's he's a definitely a douchebag, but he's, he's played really well last year. He's played okay. very well. So, yeah, I'll, 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 full disclaimer, having looked at the, the defensive end, guys, I'm going to do that. Uh, we'll do that in a couple. We'll definitely do yep. a bigger freeze dive. So, last guy, and I, I think you can pair Marcus Williams with this guy. You talked about him. You tweeted about this guy, Allen Robinson. What do you think about that? I think it's – I mean – I think the wide receiver free agency class fits right for for the Eagles' needs. They need to add a wide receiver. They're gonna add a wide receiver, and they yeah. have a lot of options. At the I market. think DJ Chark and Allen Robinson are the two guys that we should be watching for. I don't. Think also the gonna, most realistic guys. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna open up the checkbook for Chris Godwin. Like I, I don't see that happening. I think Mike Williams is gonna be tagged. The Chargers would be insane not to tag him. He'll be back. I also there. think Chris Godwin's gonna. I think he's gonna stay with the Buccaneers. I think they're gonna. What? Open the checkbook why? why but why would he, why would he say that? Tom Brady's gone. Tom Brady's gone, but I think he's going to make a shit ton of money at this at the place he's at. Like, I think they want to retain him. They're going to pay the back. Oh, they they, they should want to retain him. He's yeah. He's I mean, he's in the league, and he, he. I mean, he likes it there. Yeah, doesn't have been. He hasn't. He hasn't had a single complaint since he since he's been there. And yet Tom Brady's gone, but I mean, he's had success with other quarterbacks. So I think Allen Robinson and Marcus Williams are doable. Like I actually think you can, like you said, there. There's a lot more caps he's coming in 2023. They can do this. Those two guys, that instantly makes the team better. Like those two guys, you slot them into this team, it instantly makes them better. And here's another take I got for you. This is something I learned from the this year, the Cincinnati Bengals. Look at what they did this offseason. They opened up the damn checkbook. They signed Trey Henderson. They signed guys like Vaughn Bell, Chidobi Awoze. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but like they, they went out and paid defensive talent. They went out and paid kind of middle of the pack, defensive talent at good contracts and look at them now they're in the super bowl like those guys saved their season like trey hendrickson was massive for them like a woozy they also have the they also have the quarterback that that's true yes but, but like i i think what the eagles should do is they should bank like you should be spending the checkbook this year go and signing guys instantly infusing this team with talent Go and pay some free agency. And then what you do is you bank on Jalen Hurts taking his big step up. You, you, you're hoping that he becomes a much better quarterback. And then you got something. If he doesn't, you still have those guys for next year. And you can go find a quarterback in 2023. Like I, I think what gets lost in the shuffle here is Jalen Hurts could take a big step, uh, take a leap up in 2022. And that would make the team a lot better. So I just feel like don't be shy. Go and get players this offseason. Don't act like we're in another year to rebuild. Go and infuse this team with talent. I have a question for you because I was looking through the um, I was looking through the list of free agents and I got through the, I got to this position and I thought it was um, it was an interesting thought of adding a guy behind this offensive line and I'm talking about running backs. Okay, because I know, you know both you and I are not the biggest Miles Sanders fans. No, but I also know you and I are are big fans of of supplementing Jalen Hurts with a dominant run game. Yep, Leonard Fournette is hmm. going to be a free agent. I like Leonard Fournette. I like Leonard Fournette as well because he is a he is a physical bully runner. He is Jordan Howard if Jordan Howard had speed and just a little bit more umph. Who I else? Think, what are the free I think he would have a. There? I think Leonard Fournette would had a have a career year 
behind the Eagles offensive line. Yeah, that you're right. Like he would be a great addition. What other free agent running backs are there? That's a, that's a good. Uh, I, they they should definitely sign. Have Chase Edmonds, Cordero Patterson. I think he's going to stay with the Falcons. Oh, he's he's the most interesting free agent this year. Who the yeah. hell is going to pay that guy? Exactly. Like, and, very, what, and how are you going to pay him? Are you going to pay yeah. him as a uh, running back? Are you going to yeah. pay him as a uh, wide receiver? He's the most interesting yeah. use case of free agent I've ever seen. Yeah, like, I'm very thirty-one year old running back who yeah. is basically a wide receiver. <laughs> Can't play tight end. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be some team's going to pay him, and I'm very curious to see who does. So, yeah. So, is Fournette the best running back in free agency? I mean, I, I'd say, I mean, PFF has been ranked as the best, but I'll say Leonard Fournette is the best running back. Um, yeah. This is also going to be James Conner, Sony Michelle, Melvin Gordon, Richard Penny. Okay. I, they should definitely go after a free agent running back. Um, and they're going to lose also... both Howard and Scott. Yeah. Probably. I, I mean, they might contain Scott. We'll see. I uh I have my eye on Damian Pierce. He's one of the guys I've watched in the draft. Have you seen him? Florida running he's back. He's such a good pass yeah, blocker. He's a beast. He's a three down uh, running look back. Look, you tape grinder just throwing out his pass blocking. <laughs> he you is, know this guy's a tape grinder. He is. <laughs> you saw the clip from the uh, from the senior bowl where he absolutely smothers the defensive end. I didn't see it. No, it was it was. I good. need to find that too. Yeah. But before that, and I want to I want to underline before I watched two games of Damian Pierce. The only thing I came away with was. Holy shit, this guy can block. I didn't like, and and as soon as I saw the first clip of him blocking, I was like, I, I didn't even pay attention to his, to his running after that. I was like, we can fix that. I mean, he's behind the Eagles offensive line. Screw everything else. Get me this guy and, and get me in there as a three down, uh, as a three down guy, and you, you you're going to be set. Uh, if you, I mean, you could add a, you can add a free agent. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be, I would not be opposed to that. So back just quickly on the Allen Robinson front, what do you think he gets? How much money do you think he gets? So I was looking. So Corey Davis got uh, 12 and a half. I'm assuming he's probably not going to need a long-term contract. Do you think he like bangs the table for one? Like he had a bad – not a bad year, but he was off this year, right? Like he yeah, wasn't – I think he's going to – I mean, this is the year that he is going to get him like a, a heavier multi-year contract. Do you think he's he would accept turn- a one-year kind of similar to Alshon? Like Alshon was about one-year 14 mil when we signed him, right? I think I, think, I, was, I, don't, I don't think Allen's going to go for one. No, I think he's going to go for three or four. Okay, that that's like entering free agency again. Is, no, thirty is a lot different than entering at twenty-eight and a half. That's true. I uh, I was <laughs> part of my uh, my theory was that you could get him on maybe a one or two year deal for something cheap. Well, not cheap, but like, and maybe the the eleven to thirteen million dollar range. But yeah, you're right. You're, you're, I didn't think of it from that angle. Like this is probably maybe his last chance. But it's just he's not going into frenzy on a high, right? Like he had how many yards did he have last year? Like he did not a ton. Yeah, he had like an he off did. year. Yeah, so I I I think you can maybe convince him into one year. But yeah, his agent's probably. Saying, I don't no, even no, no, think no. he had 500. Yeah, I think he had like 380 or something like that. I could be wrong. You fill in space. I'll, we'll do the good yeah. podcasting here. All right, yeah. he had 410. One like, so how can you can't be that guy can't be banging the banging the table for a mass? No, but it's gonna be it's contract. gonna be very interesting to see the uh, to see how the wide receiver market develops. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna start with Devontae Adams. He's gonna set the line for Chris Godwin, and that's gonna set the line for Mike Williams. And then, I mean, Allen Robinson and, and Galbert are gonna be scaled uh, after that. So we only got a couple minutes left before we gotta get out of here. Uh, why don't we just touch quickly? Any draft takes you got? Any any uh anyone you're looking at i haven't started yet i've only watched our boy Traylon burks i'm obsessed with that guy <laughs> I, I can watch it forever um i've watched a little bit of a jobo uh but no i haven't i haven't done much draft research yet we talked a little bit we, we chatted a little bit about uh tyler uh linderbaum yeah he's a big like guy. him eh? 
He's 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 a Thomas Pearson guy. He <laughs> is a Thomas. Pearson yeah, guy. I knew you were gonna. Fall maybe off. I just, maybe I just put on the 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 tape from yeah. one game and he just smacked people around like okay. I'm looking <laughs> looking forward to diving into some draft guys with you. Um, but Tyler Nimbaum, yeah, I, I haven't I haven't watched anything, but it's uh it's an exciting time, man. Three for, three first round draft picks. I think it's uh it's gonna be fun knowing that the Eagles could get some of these guys. Um, I think um I think the the. The biggest take I have right now for the draft is that Mark Gardner is cornerback one. Okay. Uh, and he's over not Stingley? Last. Over yeah, Stingley? he's over Stingley. Okay. You don't think I he's going to be there at 15? No. Nah. I think there's a much better chance Stingley's there at 15. But I think both of them, it's going to go like, it's going to be another J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertain uh, situation. Yeah. They're Horn- going to be talking eight. about a little bit. I mean, those are high, the talented guys, and then come the, then come the combine, they're going to – send out some videos of them doing like freakishly athletic stuff. And uh, Amon Gardner is going to be measured and he's going to look like a pterodactyl when he's going to get uh, measured. Cause his wingspan is, is, is like, he's going to get so much hype. He's going to go top 10 as a lock. Stingley yeah. just might go top 12. Horn was eight and was certain nine. Was that one? Yeah, or something was like that. They both yes. went top 10. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a good, that's a good comparison. Probably going to go somewhere to that. Um, okay. Super bowl before we get out of here, we'll, we'll save Dougie P for another day. Yeah. Um, Super Bowl takes Thomas. My right, floor is yours. What you got? And my heart is going Bengals. Okay. And every every time that the Bengals have been playing somebody, I think they've been underdogs. They had this playoff run, I believe. Yeah, they had this where they, run, they were favorites been... over the they're favorites over the Raiders. Exactly. They're breaking every single rule there is about offensive line play, and that if your offensive line isn't good enough, you're not going to win games. They're just, I mean, I think the the, the meme. Uh, fuck it, he's down there somewhere. That is the Bengals. Yeah, and I think they're gonna win outright. Okay, hit the I'm money on... line. They're they're gonna cover. They're, they're gonna the cover four right now. Right, I think it's it'll probably be hit that. I'm a uh... look. I'm on the other side. I so we did our preview show yesterday. If you haven't listened to it, please go check that out. A little plug. Um, I uh, when I dove into this matchup. I liked Rams on basically everything. The one thing that just clicked in my mind was Joe Burrow's got to be special. Joe Burrow's got to be Joe Burrow. He's got to be Joe Shiesty. Joe Burr has got to be that. Like It's going to be like Jamar Chase versus Jalen Ramsey's not a good matchup there. The, the interior of the, the Bengals offensive line, like you said, bad. Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller against that O-line, like it's scary. On the defensive side of the ball for the Bengals, like – Covering Odell and Cooper Cup is going to be very difficult. The, the the one side, the one benefit that the Bengals have, they have great safety play, so you can kind of keep them keep everything in front of you. And the Bengals are very good at uh, keeping everything in front of them. I think they finished like ninth in yards per catch uh, or something like that. So they, uh, I, I don't know. I'm uh, my my heart says Bengals. I really want to see Joe Burrow win. He's like the coolest guy I've ever met, or not ever met, ever seen. Like I like I want my kid. My kid better be Joe Burrow in 20, 25 years. But uh, I um, I think I'm weren't the Rams. weren't the Bengals down twenty one three to the Chiefs? It was yes, they were. It was eight. They were down eighteen points. When you come back from twenty one three against the Chiefs and win. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's but like yeah, the Chiefs. I'm just saying, Brandon. I know. I know. You can I, never I'm count you. them out. It doesn't matter what the yeah. score is. You can't count. That's them what out. I'm saying. Like they, you need like they got this magic feel. Like it kind of reminds me of the Eagles versus uh, 
Patriots, right? The Eagles, I think, were right. six and a half point dogs going to that game. No one really gave them a chance. The matchups didn't work, but it was just Nick Foles going on a fucking heater. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's basically, like, I think Joe Burrow has a chance of doing that. All right. Anything else before we get out of here? No, I said it all. Except Alrighty. for Doug Peterson. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk Dougie. We'll, we'll hold that take for uh, maybe oh, next yeah. week. So uh, thanks so much for listening. Ton of good content in the Double Doing Podcast form uh, right now. J.D. Bunkus of Sportsnet was on Monday. We had Mo Egger on Tuesday of ESPN Radio for Cincinnati. Make sure to check that out. And yesterday we did um, our full Super Bowl preview show and Jill Galan of FTN Network, my co-host on Touchdown Town. Great guy. He gave some great betting analysis. And then later, so it'll be tomorrow morning, we will be dropping our full gambling preview for this, for the Super Bowl. So make sure to check it all out. Make sure to follow Thomas Pearson on Twitter if you haven't. Make sure to say hi to him as well if you haven't. And we will talk to you later.